It's time for the 2 News Talking Sports Weekly Huddle, Utah Jazz Edition. All that jazz. Brought to you by R.C. Willie. Welcome in another edition of All That Jazz. Look, we're on the anchor desk with David Locke, the radio voice of the Jazz. It's all-star break. But David has generously agreed to come in, even though it's your break. Thank you. And, in fact, you just got back from San Diego. Alema just got back from Orlando. I think KK stayed in town skiing. So, thank you so much for coming in. I went for one day. Yeah, you did. You were in and out the same day. Yeah, I actually stayed here most of the time. Well, good for you. I'm I'm glad you're here because we've got a lot to talk about. i got so many things on my mind. And you and I texted today, and there were a number of topics that you brought up that I also wanted to get to. The first thing I want to get to, and then we'll move past it quickly, the All-Star Game. I don't know which league has the best All-Star Game. My producer, Matt Comer, will tell you hockey. I think we can agree football is the worst. Where is the NBA All-Star Game in all this, in your opinion? And what would you do? So, first of all, the Home Run Derby is the single most viewed thing in baseball. But you know what? The All-Star Game is not for you, and it's not for me. My daughter's 14. She loves the NBA, and she's watching Steph Curry bounce the ball to Giannis Adetokounmpo in the most incredible play on House of Highlights on Instagram, and that's what this game's all about. It's not a basketball game. It's a display of the best players in the world, and it is for the social networking world and all these other things, and some of these highlights are ridiculous, but some of them showcase the talent and the league and the stars and in a soundbite society of Instagram and all the rest, Dirk hitting that three. Oh, they loved it. Makes a big deal. They so I think it. the All-Star Game's fine. You wouldn't change it then? You wouldn't do anything I mean, different? You're not going to turn it into a highly competitive. Here's what I would do. I would have it in Paris. I would have it in London. I would have it in Barcelona. That's a great I would have idea. It, like the you Olympics. probably can't have it in Tokyo, but if we're going to use it as an opportunity to showcase our talent, let's it take it somewhere where it would be as big a show as it could be. I like that. You know who would love the Paris idea? Rudy, Rudy, Rudy well, Gobert. Well, maybe they'd let him go. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> Enough on that. Uh, let's talk about the Jazz and how they benefit from all this. One of the first things you brought up to me this morning when we were texting topics was how this break will benefit Joe Ingles and Kyle Korver. Expand on that for Well, me. Joe Ingles is playing about as heavy a load as any plus 30-year-old in the NBA. We don't yeah. think of him as being that old. Being, yeah, you're right. But if you go, one of my broadcast assistants, Connor Varney, pulled this. Over the last two years, if you take 30-year-olds playing 30 minutes a game, he's played the most minutes of anyone in the NBA. So wow. I think he needed a break. Kyle Korver has not hit more than one three in any of the last five games, I think. And we have to remember, he turns 38 here in 30 yeah, days. how about that? So any break for Kyle, I think, is a good thing. And managing both Joe and Kyle down the stretch for the Jazz, I think, is going to be really important. And we don't play a lot of games in this stretch, so I think that'll be helpful as well. And we don't play as tough a schedule as we did earlier, so I think that'll be helpful. So I expect to see a better Joe Ingles and a better Kyle Korver here in the final stretch of games. Yeah, and you wonder, because of what you just pointed out, of Corver's age and Joe's age now, how long he can last at that kind of a clip. Because that's a lot of minutes. You know, I mean, this isn't like NFL. Oh, I can give, I mean, I. I mean, I'm not asking I, you to I, answer I, that, but they're going to have to keep an eye no, on that. I mean, it's, no, I mean, I don't question. think Joe can hold it 30 minutes a night for much longer. Yeah, I think that's, right. frankly, and the only reason I say that is the only guy who's really doing that is position is LeBron. Yeah. And, and that's a different that, beast. Yeah, he is a different beast, but even that's going to start breaking down soon. Joe's played more minutes than LeBron in the last two years. Nuts. That's just crazy. All right, Gobert. 
averaging career highs in points, rebounds, and blocks this year. I didn't even realize that until a couple weeks ago. What, where is his ceiling? He's still so young, David, but where, where does this guy's ceiling go? He just keeps improving, and I'm talking statistically. So I don't think you should ever evaluate Rudy by traditional numbers. And okay. this is why he didn't make the All-Star game, and it's not fair. We can watch. He leads the league in dunks. He and Giannis, which is the most efficient shot, and we get all that. But, okay, so Rudy's averaging these numbers, and all these highlights will be about Rudy dunking. But if they guarded Rudy on these plays, it means there's a corner three open. The Jazz will run a high pick and roll with Rudy or something of that sort, and that was a pass by Donovan, by the way. Let's make sure we all understand that that was on purpose. Um, but okay. the fact of the matter is that Rudy's offensive game is the pressure he puts on the rim, and then that opens up corner threes, which is the second most efficient shot in the NBA for all of the Jazz players. Defensively, the Jazz ability are the number one team in the league at denying the three. Rudy does that. It's it's not a statistic that Rudy, get, Rudy gets credit for, but Rudy does that. When Rubio drives right there and flips it to Rudy, if they guard Rudy, Rubio's driving and hitting to the corner for another three. So when you talk about Rudy offensively and you say he's averaging career-high points and rebounds, I think we do a disservice for Rudy. Because it's when, all the other things. When we put him into that box, and then that's why he doesn't make the All-Star game. Right. He's got to make the All-Star game because he's the best defensive player in the world, and his impact at the rim allows the Jazz to do other things. And offensively, he's one of the best offensive players, or at least most impactful, because of the fact when he rolls to the rim, that opens up all the corners. When you run a pick and roll with Rudy, you have to bring a third guy in, or else Joe Ingles is laying it up, or Donovan's right. laying it up, or Rudy's dunking. If you don't bring a third guy in, now we're dishing to the three-point shooters. Quinn Snyder has done a masterful job of building an entire defense and offense around this incredible vertical force that is Rudy Gobert. And everything you just described does not happen in an all-star game. So that makes right. perfect sense. That, that, hey, uh, last why. I saw Rudy, <laughs> I saw him peering out to the ocean with his yeah. sculpted yeah. back right. and looked like he was having an okay time. I think he did just fine during the all-star break. Uh, and speaking of, you talked about the defense in that bit with Rudy there. And you brought this up yourself. Can the Jazz be dominantly defensive again? You said they're already best in the league against the corner three. But what about as a team? So here's my concern for the Jazz right now. The great offenses in the NBA have become so great that even if you hold the Warriors and the Nuggets and the Spurs and the Blazers down, they're still so far above average. I can give you a whole numbers math game to you, but just realize that the best offense of the teams in the league right now are so great offensively that even if you have a great defensive game against them, they're still very good offensively. And I don't know that our offense is good enough to match that right. even okay. when our defense is great. Last year, the defense was so dominant that even the best teams, we kept them down at this ridiculous level. The offenses in the league right now are so good, I don't know that we can still do that. All right, well, we'll see where that goes. There's uh, quite a few games to go. We're going to discuss the schedule in a moment. One last, just kind of a general thought, and I, and I like this phrase. Are the Jazz who they thought you were? They, you thought they were. Denny Green, they are who we thought they were. That kind of thing. Are they who you thought they would be at this point? When the season started, I projected them to win 51-52 games, thought they could be the two seed because the rest of the West would come wow. down. Because, but that's the key thing. I didn't expect the Jazz to run up to the Warriors. I thought the Rockets would struggle, which they have. I didn't realize the Nuggets yeah, and the Thunder surprise, would yeah. be much better. But let me tell you something. 
The Nuggets and the Thunder are going to come back to the pack in the next 25 games. Both of them play 10 hard road games coming up. Both of them play only two games against teams that are tanking. Their schedules are tough. They're going to drop into the 52, 53, 54 win total. I think we're going to get up to close to 50, 51. So yes, we're exactly who I thought we were. Okay. The rest of the West might be a little different. Perfect, Danny Green. You didn't even scream it. I love it. I scream okay. everything. I know. All right, time to jump into this week's edition of Jazz Bites presented by Bishop Family Dental because you deserve a positive experience. David James had a chance to sit down at length with Jazz GM Dennis Lindsay. He does it every year at the All-Star break. It's kind of their thing. One of his more interesting comments had to do with the team chemistry, which is one of the reasons why Lindsay says he didn't make a trade before the deadline. Take a listen. Jazz Bites brought to you by Bishop Family Dental. Our group likes each other more at the end of the season uh, than they do at the beginning of the season. And I think that's a credit to Quinn. I think that's a credit to the character of the group that they really do come together. And while we might not be the most offensively talented team in the league, we, ha we do have very significant defensive talent. We have great character. Uh, we have guys that will fight back. So I think what you see is, is Quinn is able to move uh, the group in a direction where we, as the season goes on, we become more resolute in who we are and the group really likes each other and fights for each other. And so while there, um, I would never point out an individual team, while you may see subplots with other teams kind of moving in different directions, you guys can read, you know, the tabloids for yourselves. Our group has consistently, since Quinn's been in charge, really come together. And I, I think that's a credit to his leadership over these last five years. All right, two things that jump out at me there. First of all, the team likes each other more as the season goes on. But the, the way he, and you know Dennis as well as anyone, just the way he starts talking about the other teams and you can read the tabloids and we don't have that here. I just found that very interesting. Very Lindsay-like in the delivery. Okay, so there's two things here that I think are really, really important. One is we talked about the all offseason how the continuity was a positive for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, continuity hasn't been a positive for Boston. It wasn't a positive for Golden State when Draymond and Kevin Durant went. So I actually think continuity in the NBA is not a positive. And, and that is because, because the good teams I, are still winning. No, because you cannot recreate one season into the next. That doesn't mean I think we made the okay. wrong moves in the offseason. I just don't believe in continuity because Rodney Hood came back to us after an offseason when he was about to be a free agent, a completely different player with different expectations than he thought he was going to be. The same thing happens in every year. Everyone has a different offseason. Rudy and Donovan had to learn how to play with expectations this year. That wasn't the same guys who were playing True. last year. So there's really no such thing to me as continuity, unless it's negative, which is, in the case of Boston, the continuity was that Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum had gotten a bunch of shots when Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward were out, and now when they don't get them, they're not very happy. And right. in Golden State, it was left over Kevin Durant being too into his own selfish quest for NBA Finals MVP, and Draymond decided to let him hear about it. So I think there's something remarkable to the Jazz season that somehow they have been together for as long as they have and maintained what Dennis is talking about. That chemistry and that cohesiveness that Quinn and Dennis have built is really fabulous because, as I said, I fundamentally don't believe it exists. And so I think it's really, really hard when you have the same group together. It's also why I think, Kyle, the move by Dennis to get 
get Kyle Korver so early in the season, as much as he didn't make a move at the deadline, right. that Korver mood was important because it shook the group up and got them out of their comfort zone and got them going a little bit. So real quickly, who won continuity notwithstanding the trade wars, if, they're, if, they're, if you can call Well, the Eastern that. Conference did, which yeah. was, thank goodness, we finally had a day yeah. where the East got better than the West. I do think a bunch of teams in the West got better, not necessarily maybe all trade deadline. But I think Portland got a good deal better. The Rodney Hood acquisition's better than the guys they gave up for it. Um, Ennis Cantor, I'm not convinced he helps you win, um, but I, he, it gives them a little bit of a different look on things. Um, so I think Portland got a little bit better. Uh, San Antonio, when they get Derek White back, will be better. Clint Capella getting healthy for yeah, Houston right. will get better. So as much as the trade wars you're talking about, I think Portland improved during the trade. I think San Antonio and Houston will get better as the year goes on. Um, I think, you know, Denver and Oklahoma City's schedules are much more difficult. They have both been very, very impressive, but I think we'll see a little bit different version of them. So much of the narrative of this entire season, I think, has been predicated based on scheduling, soft or hard, right, right, that right. I think it's actually almost been a false narrative for much of the season in most directions. Really big game with the Jazz coming up in Denver. We're going to get to that. On a back-to-back. -back. Oh, wait, we yeah. did that both times in Denver this yeah. year. <laughs> It's our weekly segment we call Home Court Advantage, presented by Security National Mortgage, slam dunking your mortgage for 25 years. This is your Security National Mortgage Company, Home Court Advantage. So here is that schedule David was just talking about coming out of the All-Star break. They have the Thunder Friday night. I cannot wait for that. Then four out of the next five at home, but they're wrapped around that Nuggets game, which is now a, it's a TNT, it's a late game. Positives in this, of course. Oh, by the way, the Bucks coming to town. I'm look, look forward to seeing them. They get to play the Pelicans twice in a row. What jumps out at you as you look ahead to this? So there's five tough games to start, and then we are soft as Charmin the rest of the way. Soft home. as Charmin. So ha if the Jazz can grab three or four of those first five, holy smokes, do we have something coming down the road? And it's very hard to beat teams back to back, um, like we have the Pelicans there, but. This is a this first five-game stretch. Milwaukee is a particularly interesting matchup yeah, for the is. Jazz. It's a tough one, um, and they played them very, with a unique strategy in Milwaukee. I don't know if they'll be able to roll out the same concept again. But that op this opening five games is really vital because we got to survive it, and if we can thrive in it, then yeah. Duck can take cover. Here come the Utah Jazz. And historically, they've done well coming out of that All-Star break. Playoff start today. Who would you want the Jazz to open with? I don't know. I mean, it's really interesting because I don't think we match up great against Portland. I've, I thought yeah. last year, I always thought if we played Portland in the first round, I'm not sure what would have happened. We got the team we needed. Oklahoma City is so much better than they were a year ago. Denver's actually the team I might go with, not because really? of any disrespect to Denver. And obviously Nikola Jokic with his wide ranging game is so incredibly difficult to guard, but they just haven't done the playoffs before. And so the fact that we would be so much more experienced than them, Paul that George sounds is, weird, doesn't it? I know, but Paul, we are. Hey, we're one of six yeah, no, teams you're in right. the NBA that have been in the second round two years in a row. Paul George is having an incredible MVP season, and Russell's doing what he did there, which is pass. I know that's unusual. That is weird. Um, but they are much better than they were a year ago without Carmelo, with other pieces. And I don't want to match up against James Harden. He's just that great. Yeah. And uh, with Capella back. So Portland, Houston, Oklahoma City, and Denver are the likely teams people we're going to play all, yeah. in the first round of the playoffs, it is not going to be an easy they task. They all present their unique uh, obstacles, no doubt about that. What do you expect Friday night? That Thunder team, they're better than I thought they would be. You looking forward to that? Well, it'll be fun. Thunder, 
And then back, Luka Doncic making his first then, appearance yeah. here in Salt Lake City. That'll be pretty awesome. That will be fun. He's a heck of a player. All right, have fun. Get some skiing in before oh, you. Oh, okay. You can, yeah. Oh, I, like, oh, I, oh like now, I that you, tell you. now that you now told you me go. to, I'll do it. <laughs> okay. See you next time.